0: Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care. aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center, and I'm here with Priscilla Weigel, one of our inclusion consultants with the CICC. Welcome, Priscilla. Thanks. Glad to be here. So we have been talking about sharing concerns with families over the last few weeks. Yes. And today we thought that we would uh, really maybe even start to conclude this topic by looking at what families might be going through after um, their child care provider or teacher has shared a concern about their child with them mm-hmm. and what we typically call loss of dreams and in that grief cycle that goes along with a family's um, journey mm-hmm. as they start to think about maybe there is a developmental issue or they've even started the assessment or evaluation process. Mm-hmm. So we want to talk a little bit today about families and our relationships as early educators working with families in this process.
1: Sure. And it, it, it's a very emotionally charged process that is, as you said, a journey. It doesn't mean that we're going to have this conversation and have this meeting with these families, with the, this Particular family about our concerns, and that you know, the steps are going to go boom, 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 and the child's going to get services and a diagnosis, and everyone's going to just it's all going to be neat and easy, and that's how it's going to go. Because for us, maybe that looks neat and easy, but for that family, it's devastating, exactly. It's scary, it's hard, it's something that they really maybe some days just can't even grasp and they can't think about. And so, as we Support them through this journey and this process. How are we going to do that with kindness and empathy and just an understanding, a level of understanding? kind of walking in their shoes a little bit. As you said, I think, in one of our earlier podcasts, how would we feel if someone were telling us this about our child? What would be our emotional response? And so understanding that, because there is going to be some, you know, I think providers a lot of times will say, well, the parents, the parents, um, you know, don't want to admit that there's a problem. Well, that's a normal process. When you feel that there's a concern about your child's development, you're going to go through that denial. That can't be true. This can't really be happening. How can this be happening to our family? They were going along just fine. What do you mean? You know, so that that denial piece isn't a negative shutdown. It's it's a way for families to cope.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think most people listening probably are familiar with the grief cycle mm-hmm. and sort of those stages of grief. And we know that with what we're talking about, um, people don't necessarily enter at. St- at step one and then go all the way through and then boom they're done mm-hmm. I mean it's a it's a fluid process that people may go in and out of different stages they may be in a stage for a period of time and and then and then maybe there's some resolution and then maybe something happens and they go back into another stage so maybe you could recap for us a bit um, some of the stages that are more familiar when we talk about um, a child with a disability or, or a an emerging mm-hmm. developmental issue that families are, are coping with.
1: Well we touched on denial as something that, you know, is very valid for families. That's that's an, kind of an automatic response. And also there's fear. What if if I make this call that will make it real? And so when we give that phone number or the information about screening and that parent sits on it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and we think, why aren't they doing anything about this? It's because they can't. Mm -hmm. They truly can't right then. Because they're scared that if they pick up that phone and they actually take their child in, someone's going to say... This is it. And oftentimes, you know, research has shown too with, with parents of children with autism, they have a gut feeling that there is something wrong there. There's something challenging their child's development. And this would be a way to just make it real. And An then what do I do? An mm-hmm. affirmation of, oh, this is serious. Oh my goodness, I have to change every plan I ever had for my child. You know, and then they oftentimes jump to the worst case scenario because that's what we do with fear and anxiety. How am I going to parent my child if this happens? And they and they jump to that, you know, scary, scary end. And you know, through that process, there, as you said, there may be times where there is acceptance. Maybe they look at it at some point as they go through this cycle. Okay, this is this this is what we need to do to, to make sure our child's needs are met. Okay, we're going to move on and, and start to move forward to the next step. But then something might happen that would just derail that train again. Maybe they would go to a birthday party of some one of their friend's child who is the same age, and they look at all those kids and they say, Wow, look at that. Susie is really not at that same level. And then, once again, it's just going back through that whole sadness and grief again, that whole mm-hmm. cycle. And it's so it's, it's not a nice, neat little package. And what we can do is come alongside them and not just drag them along, but say, How are you doing today? Mm-hmm. Did you get a chance to make that call? I understand if you didn't. That was a lot of information that we gave you at that meeting. I understand that, you know, that would be hard to take that first step. Let me know what I can do. But keep bringing it Mm -hmm. up in a real kind, caring way. Not, why aren't you doing this? Better get on that. Because that's going to just... Heighten that anxiety again. Why are they pushing me so hard? I'm not ready for this. I don't want to do this. You know, And then that's going to build that wall. We want that connectedness to be fluid, as you said. That's a great word in this process. It is a journey, and it's not going to be always how we want it to end. We have to take our cues from the family. I know you and I
0: hear many times from early educators who will say, and it's not, positive. Mm -hmm. They will say that family is just in denial and it'll be almost an indictment as though that family won't do the thing they need to do next. Mm -hmm. And we have a good friend who has a child with a disability who sometimes likes to say rephrase denial as a state of hopelessness hopefulness. And so from her perspective, it's more that the family is in a place of hope where they're they're sort of just waiting. Yes. And I, I think that's a nice way to frame it. And it is, as you said, a place where people have it's a resting place mm-hmm. where before they take the next step. And I do want to encourage people who might be listening to really watch language like that when they're yes. talking to one another. Mm-hmm. Because it is a place where where people sometimes need to be. Yeah. And it is a stage uh, in the grief process, yeah. so uh, we need to respect that, and as you said, walk alongside them, helping support them so that they can get uh, on in the journey. Mm-hmm. And, and um, so it is; it can often be very difficult, and, and we play an important role as a partner in this new dance that they're that they're going to be in with their child. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I think. It's interesting to talk about is as the teacher or the child care provider um, is in recognizing this whole notion of the loss of, of a dream um, and I, I don't know if you could elaborate on that concept at all but um, I know often we hear that phrase mm-hmm. in, about a family who now that now they kind of had a trajectory sure for their child mm-hmm. and now
1: it's turned. Right. And what do I do? Mm-hmm. What do I do? And and how I had a plan, and now my plan has changed. And and we know in just day-to-day life, when you're, plan- when you're thrown a curve, it catches you. It, it knocks you off your feet. It knocks you off your feet. So having that understanding that this family is moving from maybe thinking that, you know, my child's going to learn to walk, they're going to be potty trained, they're going to be, and you know, all those things based on developmental information and now, so far, we're not on that path at all. Right. It's so different. Where do I get the answers that I need? Who's going to help me figure this out? And they feel all alone. Mm-hmm. They feel that they're the only ones going through it. And and so, ways that we can help them with that and help them understand that it doesn't mean that they they have to lose dreams for their child, those dreams just might be a little different. And that's why those positive sandwich comments are so important. Giving them the picture of where their child is now. Mm-hmm. And the good things that are going on. And the things that their child is mastering. Children who have delays still move along the developmental exactly. process. They just do it at a slower rate. Exactly. At their own rate. Mm-hmm. So what are we going to do? We're going to help parents understand what that rate is. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that they're never going to ride that trike. But maybe it's going to be a little bit further down the road. And maybe that trike's going to look a little different than exactly. their, their peers' trike. But we're going to help them get there. Because we care about them, exactly. and we care about their child.
0: One of again, uh, one of our good friends will tell the story of, of law, which really um, is a good example of this loss of dreams concept. But when her child, who was born with a traumatic brain injury, uh, was old enough that he typically would have been riding his bike and wasn't, and then his younger brother began to ride his bike. Um, she was very sad one day because she recognized that the younger brother developmentally had passed, his older brother. Mm-hmm. So she experienced once again the grief cycle. Yeah. And she went into it again, sort of went through some of the stages, wondering where mm-hmm. her son would be, the older son, what his development would mean for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she kind of jumped to the future. Well... Um, of course, she didn't know. Sure. But I, I think it's fun to report that, you know, he's now um, 18 or 19. He's in college. Yeah. He did take driver's education and got a learner's permit. He isn't driving, but he has a learner's permit. Mm-hmm. And so I think at the time, at that time, when she saw the younger boy dri- riding his bike, she couldn't have imagined right. college. And driver's education, mm-hmm. but you know that's what he achieved, and so I do think for us as the people working with families, we never want to quash dreams. Yeah. We never want to say a child will, a, a child won't do this and this and this. What we want to be is the person who stands again alongside the family and says, in our program these are the kinds of things we'll do to enhance development and we'll walk alongside you, uh, and we will always be there. And um, I don't know, do you know the story? uh, I know it's probably many of our listeners are familiar with the story about the trip to Holland. Yes.
1: Could you just maybe give us a recap of that as we close? Well, it's, um, it's written by a parent, actually, of a child with special needs, and it talks about when you're expecting a child, you're planning a travel a fabulous trip to Italy. Everybody else is going to Italy. You're going to Italy. You buy the guidebooks. You buy, buy things that you need. You study it. You research it, and you, you plan to go to Italy, and you get on that plane, and you, you start the trip. And before the plane lands, the flight attendant comes on and says, welcome to Holland, and you think holland i didn't plan to go to holland what do you mean and so there's that process of disappointment depression sadness all the things that anxiety grief i I didn't prepare for this what what's going to happen i don't know anything about holland but then when you start to settle in and realize holland has beautiful things holland has tulips and red rembrandts and lots of wonderful things to offer and so our job you know, using that as an example, kind of, is just to help the parents understand holland a little bit or say that we're going to help them figure out holland maybe Mm -hmm. we don't know
0: the next step
1: our own you know in our skills but it's it's going to be something that we're going to help them cope with together exactly thank
0: you so much for
1: sharing that i
0: i think it's a wonderful way to include this conversation on loss of dreams and we thank all of you for listening today and uh we'll continue our conversations priscilla thank you for
1: being here and we really appreciate all the listeners out there we certainly do thank you all
0: That's all for now, see you next time.